0: So as you're turning to the book of Titus, I know that sounds like an obscure book. It's after 2 Timothy, and it's before Philemon, uh, that, which is an even more obscure book. But turn with me to the book of Titus. And while you're doing that, I have a, a group of people here that are so dear and precious and special to me and my wife. Um, that is Dr. Boyette and his wife, Sandra Boyette, and their children. And just wave, doctor. I'm not going to make y'all stand up. But uh, Dr. Boyette's one of my best friends of the whole world. His family, they're not friends of ours. They are family of ours. We've known them for years and years and years. We've seen their kids grow up to now. They're both taller than I am, but that's very much beside the point. Zach, I can still beat you on the basketball court if I have to. All right, I'm messing with you. But this family down here is so unbelievably special and precious to us. And Dr. Boyette, Dr. Brent Boyette, he is a physician. He's a dentist. He's an addiction specialist. He's a businessman. He is just an amazing human being. And he's also serving on our board of directors. He is one of our overseers. He's one of the overseers of this church. And when me and my wife, this is a true story, me and my wife got ready to launch, when we got ready to plant, we had to sit down and decide who's going to be on our board of directors. The very first name that was non-negotiable. We didn't ask him if he would. We told him, this is the role you're going to serve. He is our secretary and the treasurer of our church. He serves on our board. The first name that came up in our conversation of who do we want to help us steer this in the right direction. The very first name, both of us unequivocally, was Brent Boyette. We are so glad you were here. Hope Unlimited, tell our friends that we're glad they're here. And uh, this is the first time they've got to be with us. And uh, we love y'all so much, so much, and we miss y'all like crazy. And I think I feel a spirit of prophecy coming on me. And the Lord said you're supposed to move to Knoxville, Tennessee and plan a work and be a part. Can I get anybody to agree with me in the name of Jesus? I feel the Lord say that. And if you don't, if you don't, if you disobey, all kinds of stuff going to happen. If you disobey, that ain't good. So I'm teasing. We love y'all so much. Grab your Bible, the book of Titus, chapter number 2. Titus, chapter number 2. Uh, And we're going to start reading with verse number one. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, that they be grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience, that the aged women likewise, the mothers, that they be in behavior, as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. They may teach the young women to be sober, love their husbands, love their children, discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Looked at verse 3 again, that the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, verse 4, and that they may teach, that they may teach the young women. Then it gives you a list of several items. But the, 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 the point that I want to talk about today is I want to talk about lessons from mom. <clears throat> lessons from mom. Now, I heard a mom say one time, she, we were talking about parenting, and she said, Pastor Casey, my kids, right, through those gritted teeth, <laughs> my kids, God bless every last one of them. Right? Oh, I love them all. I just don't like that one right now. Uh, my kids, that's what they said, my kids bring out the worst in me. And I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's what kids do. Kids have a way of exposing us, and nobody said amen. <laughs> y'all are like, it's going to be one of those Sundays. This is fantastic. Kids have a way of exposing us for who we are, and they expose us for what we know. They also expose us for who we're not, and they show us what we don't know. What kids don't know is, is we fake y'all out all the time. We always act like we have everything under control and we know the logical next step. And we'll, when we're disciplining one of our daughters, we'll be like, there's going to be a major consequence for this, and we will share with you what that is in a minute. Now, we need you to step out while we talk to each other, right? I need your mom to talk me down off the ledge right now because I'm about to bring it. She steps out, we're like, what? Get, right? Kids have a way of exposing you. And one of the things you have to remember is that you're not raising kids. We're not raising kids. We're raising adults. And what is cute at this age will not be cute at the next age. You hearing what I'm saying? I remember when we first had our very first child, our very first baby, our, our pride and joy, our firstborn. And you, you, it's kind of funny as, as you go along. And let's be honest, parents, you've mellowed out a lot since then, since the first one showed up. Am I right about it? You've mellowed out a lot. Okay, the first child, if they drop their pacifier, you have to sanitize it. Don't even sanitize it, throw it away, let's go get a brand new one. If the second child drops their pacifier, you just wash it off. The third child didn't even get a pacifier. It's crying, you're fine. You're calm all the way down, you're fine. Okay, so when we had our first child... We had to wrestle with things like and and I I love it all of the unsolicited advice you get when you're a first-time parent. Okay? A lot of times you get advice from single people. If that was a child of mine, imaginary children are way easier to parent than real ones. Okay? And so they give you all this unsolicited. If that was a kid, if that was a child of mine. And so I remember us, I remember us wrestling with this, with this topic when we first got when we first got pregnant with our first born child and I remember we had to wrestle with the big question do we allow this baby to sleep with us or not right and I remember me and my wife were like what kind of monster would put a Baby in its own room at night, and not let that precious, helpless bundle of joy sleep in the bed. Then what kind of human being would even think about putting them in the opposite? Yeah, this is my baby. I want it to sleep with me for the rest of his life. And you can sleep in this bed till you're 16, if that's what you want to do, you monster. What kind of person would even fathom putting this child in a lonely, dark, cold room by itself? And that was what we did. And then the kid turned three and was three foot tall. And what used to be a bundle of joy, now I'm getting a foot to the chin at night. It was cute at one stage. But now it wasn't cute anymore. Our second baby, you go into your room. Third baby, you go into your room. And we're going to cut a fan on just so we don't hear you fussing. All the parents with more than one kid said amen. Huh? I remember I was out preaching one night. I don't remember where it was I was out preaching one night, and this was a problem, okay? Because my my my, my oldest daughter, when she was sleeping with us around three, three and a half, she slept in an H formation. I, my wife slept this way. I slept this way. She slept this way. Okay? So for three and a half years, no sleep. And I remember I came home one night and... Uh, It was late. It was like 2.30 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. And I pulled up. I'd been preaching out somewhere. I was tired, and all the lights in the house are still on. And I'm like, what is happening? This has never happened. When I walk in, I open the door. My wife, her eyes this big. Where you been? (laughs) I've been preaching. What's, What's going on? The kid is in her own bed. It's like, really, what happened? She said, for three and a half hours, we have fought. But the kid is in its own bed. The kid (laughs) is in its own bed. Dads know what I'm talking about. When it's been a long day at home and you don't know it, and then you walk in from work, and the wife creeps at the front door. Hey, sweetie. Let me tell you something. Take the kids. You're like, honey, you take the kids. And you're like, hey, Annalise, Katie, get in the car. too. Where are we going? Get in the car. Where? I don't know if we're going to Home Depot. Just get in the car. Because what was cute at one age isn't cute anymore. And so being a parent especially being a mom, has to be the most terrifying thing in the world, especially the way culture is headed. So what I want to say to our moms this morning is as the winds of culture are shifting all around us to the point there is mass confusion, utter absolute confusion, and I could touch some buttons right now that would probably hack some people off about the culture. As as the culture is going crazy, mom, this is what we need from you. We need you to be an anchor. In the middle of all of this stuff swirling around us, we are looking to you for your wisdom, your understanding, your guidance. We need you to teach us some things. We need you to speak into us some things. And I want to share some of those things with you this morning. Can I do that? Can I do that? Awesome. Now, uh, my mom, um, I grew up, my multiple stepfathers, and uh, my mom is by far the strongest human being that I know. And uh, I, I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. I mean, I mean her, her resilience is unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, she has a, a, a grit, that's what we call it in Alabama. She has a, a grit about her. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, talk back to me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I remember growing up, um, my mom did not have I a, a uh, I don't know a, an, an exciting job. She didn't she didn't finish high school. She got her GED when she was in her 40s. She didn't finish high school. She got married. She had my my sister. And uh, I've always grown up with a lot of female presence. I was raised by my mom. I had an older sister. I was raised in, in Jesus' name. And then I spent most of my adult life working for a woman. Then I had kids, and the first two of them were women, okay? And, but I remember watching my mom grow up. There's a lot of things you see your parents go through at this age that you don't appreciate until you're about 30, right? But you don't really see the impact. And so my mom didn't have a great job. She was an electrician. I'm going somewhere with this. She was an electrician in a mobile home factory. That's what she did in my whole grown-up life. She was up by 5, had me ready for school by 5.30, dropped me off at the grandparents so she could be at work by 6.00 come home and do everything a mom does, help me with homework, give me a bath, cook meals, take care of her husband, all of these different things. And uh, surrounded by ungodly men her whole life, didn't have, a, didn't have a Christian husband. She wasn't even a believer at the time. And I didn't notice this then, but I notice it now. I, I see it now, and I, I talk to her on a frequent basis almost every day. Um, and, and I've said to her repeatedly since then, I, I say to her a lot, Thank you so much for for teaching me this. And thank you so much for teaching me that. And I'm so so glad in retrospect that that you didn't raise me to to interpret the world this way or, or that way. And one of the things that she taught me that we need moms to teach us is she taught me to just handle it. Just handle it. Had a horrible job, had kids, had responsibilities at home, and I never heard her talk about how tough it was. I see people that have been married for five minutes, don't even have kids yet, posting on social media about how tough life is. Hashtag adulting is so hard. <laughs> right? I, could really, I, I could go somewhere and make you all hacked off. I could. Right? Ain't even got a kid, need a housekeeper. She taught me to handle it, that you don't complain, you just handle it. See, we are raising one of two kinds of kids. We are raising either princesses or pioneer women. And the princess, I know we ascribe to that, and we love the, the, the connotation of that, and your royalty and your God's child and all that stuff, and I think that's fine and wonderful. But a princess, when she needs something, she stands up and demands the king give it to her. When you raise a pioneer woman, she goes and gets whatever it is that she wants. And I'm afraid we're raising a generation, not of pioneers, but of princes and princesses. She taught me to just handle it. She taught me, you don't deserve anything you have not earned. You hearing what I'm saying? If you want it, go get it. Otherwise, don't whine about not having it. You just have to handle it. Handle it. Go get it. If I, go get it. But under God, don't sit around and complain about how tough it is. How tough, I, you know, you ever, you ever think about we don't We don't have to reach too far back to those, to those mothers that were in the, 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 the Second World War and the Great Depression. I remember being raised by my, by my grandmothers. The, these women, now that I think about it, they were bionic, they were robots, they were machines, they were beasts. They were beast mode before there was a beast mode. I remember watching my grandmother grow up every Sunday morning. She raised all of us in church. Every single one of us. Anybody got one of those matriarchs in your family that basically that matriarch raised all the kids? Hmm? I got one of those. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y- y'all, know, you- y'all know who Big Mama is? Huh? She also beat all the kids. Everybody knows what it's like to get beat by Big Mama? Hmm? Had a belt as long as this stage and would slap you with it from the living You're in the living room, and she's outside, and she hits you with it. But I remember, I, remember, I remember watching this, because when, when I grew up, kids ain't going to believe this, when I grew up, we didn't go to restaurants. We didn't have the money. It's a way of life now. There, there's, nothing, that's fine. there's nothing wrong with it. But I remember watching my grandmothers in the morning. They would, they would get up, and they would cook breakfast and lunch. Because you weren't going to a restaurant after church. you going home to eat what I made eight hours ago. And I don't mean they made a ham sandwich. I mean, they fried chicken and made cornbread, right, And and all this other stuff. Y'all know what cornbread is in Knoxville? Don't act like I'm in Manhattan. Come on, somebody. I'm up in the mountains. And they raised all the kids, and they got us ready for church, and they took us to church, and they did what they did. And it wasn't just, they didn't just raise their kids. They raised their kids' kids, and they raised their kids' kids' kids, and on and on and on it went. And they never said a word. I never knew it was hard because they never talked about how hard it was. And I'm afraid we have a generation where we are virtually destroying our threshold for what we call stress. They called life. So we need some moms to look these precious snowflakes in the face. Okay, It's not winter anymore. I'll call you these rays of sunshine. We need some moms to look at them and say, hey, I love you. Handle it. If you want kids, don't complain about how tough it is when you get them. Just handle it. Any woman can have a baby, but it takes a mama to raise kids. You just got to handle it. Y'all with me this morning? Some of y'all are mad. I love y'all. Mothers, we love you. You are the bomb. And this is what you did. And we need you to instill this in us. Because you're tougher than we are. You're tougher than we are. Our grandparents, they're tougher than we are. And we need a mama to look at us and say, listen, you better handle it. You're fine. You're fine. Just embrace it and deal with it. Man up. Y'all with me? So I was telling my mom, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. You see these people on social media, and I'm not totally sure that social media is a good thing. Okay. You see these people on social media on suicide watch. Because right. they got a mortgage payment due. Right. I've seen people post pictures of flat tires. They're like, with crying faces, OM OMG. <laughs> what planet? What happened? What happened? Right. I remember watching Mama. Wear a tool belt Monday through Friday. And could wear a dress on Sunday. Change the oil in the car and come in and bake brownies. And never said a word about how hard it was. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what she taught me? Handle it. Handle it. So I'll call her sometimes. I'll be... I think there will be a problem that I, should, that I am justified in stressing out over. And I'll call her and I'll say, You ain't gonna believe. Oh, my God, you ain't gonna believe. And I'll tell her things. She'll go, Well, it's just hard being you, ain't it? <laughs> Thank you for reminding me to handle it. She would say that if I blew my arm off in an accident. She'd be like, you're, you're fine. Walk it off. Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> in this culture that is hypersensitive, that, that can't handle life. Can I say this? I'll give you a great example. I don't care who you voted for. I'm not going to get into that stuff. I'm not going to get into that stuff. Okay, But when the person you voted for didn't win, and you're on TV crying. What universe, what galaxy did you come from? You know what you need to do? Handle it. Handle it. Right? When, <laughs> this is what happens when we give everybody a trophy. And we erase winners and losers. And we give people things they did not earn. We teach them, you don't have to handle it. If you whine and complain loud enough, we will change the rules just for you. And that's nice. Unfortunately, real life has no resemblance to that whatsoever. We had some people in our family this, 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 <laughs> that if it was one child's birthday, if it was one child's birthday, they had to buy presents for every child that would attend the birthday party. Now, if that's you, I don't know that, don't want to know that, don't come up afterwards and tell me, okay, I love you, I love you. And when our daughter was coming up, she had her first birthday, they said, now, don't forget, you you need to buy presents for everybody. Why would I do that? Why not teach all of the other children? There's 364 days out of the year it can be about you. Let's take one and celebrate somebody else. And when it's your child's birthday, don't buy my child a present because I want to teach my child you need to celebrate somebody else. And if you get your feelings hurt, guess what you get to do, sunshine? You get to handle it. Somebody shout, handle it. Is this all right? Ain't you glad I'm not your daddy? So, that was one of the lessons my mom taught me. She told me to handle it. This is the second thing she taught me. This is the second lesson that she taught me that we desperately need our mothers to, to, to impart into us. First thing she taught me was handle it. Second thing she taught me was this own it. The victim mentality says this. There is something in my life. Are you all with me this morning? I'm about to let you go eat, I promise. The victim mentality says this. There is something in my life that is not exactly how I want it. Therefore, I must find somebody to blame for that element of my life. That is not exactly how I want it. But God forbid I point the finger at myself and say, this is my fault. We never talked about politics in our house, ever. You know why? Because we didn't believe that our life rose and fell on who was in the White House. We believed that we owned it. That we can make it what it was. That it was nobody else's fault. It was nobody else's problem. That if we choose a certain behavior, then we also choose the consequence that comes with that behavior. Good behavior, good consequences. Bad behavior, bad consequences. What we want is we want a life where we can sow whatever we want and then have God come and interrupt the reaping of what we just sowed. Huh? We, oh, man, I could get into some stuff. I know this is probably the most bizarre Mother's Day message you've ever heard. Next year we'll have Lindsay preach Mother's Day, I promise. All right. Let me, let me say it this way. Um, my, my dear doctor friend down here, how long did you go to college? Not high school, college, just college. 16 years. That's called delayed gratification. Now, he went to college 16 years. He went to college, got his bachelor's degree, went to, dental, went to medical school, then dental school. Is that right? Dental school. Thought, I think I'll go back. Went back to medical school. 16 years. Okay. He gets to walk. He gets to do whatever he wants to today because of a price he paid back then. When I demand, when we demand to have something that we did not earn, don't expect, right, if if you flop whoppers, you don't deserve what somebody that went to school for 16 years is getting. And we need some mothers with their love and their wisdom to say, watch me now, no. That's a curse word in today's culture. No. No. I demand that I get paid. No. Your raise becomes effective when you do. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Your raise becomes effective when you do. Right? God thinks you're special. To the rest of us, you need to prove it. I'm, pre- I'm helping you this morning. Okay? No. Say it with me. No. Ain't that powerful? No. But I deserve, you deserve nothing that you have not earned. And when, you, when we raise a generation to point the finger, we enable victims. And when we enable victims, they have no motivation to become everything God called them to become. Because if I whine loud enough, I will get what I want. Let me make this statement to you. Just because things offend you still doesn't make it right. Doesn't make you right. Right? We are in a race in our culture to see who can be offended the most. Right? Well, he looked at me wrong. That ain't right. Oh, he said this. Oh, he said that. And, and, I, and I mean, I know I'm the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm a middle-aged, white, middle-class male. I know I'm the problem. I know I'm the problem. Okay? We need some mothers that will look a generation in their face and say, own it. Your life is. And if, I, if my mom told me this once, she's told me this a thousand times. It is what you make it. It is what you make it. It is what you make it. We grew up we didn't have we didn't have stuff growing up. We lived in a mobile home that was falling apart. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of y'all might not have done this, but when I was growing up, I would want those Air Jordans. And I was always like four years behind. Because that's when they went on sale. Or you went to Walmart and bought the ones that looked just like it, but they were twenty dollars. Yeah, no shoestrings, but Velcro? And they weren't called Jordans. They were called Jordash. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you rocked some Jordash back in the day? Yes, you did. And she never let us blame anybody. She never let us blame anybody. And if we popped up and said, I want this. She said, well, go buy it. Well, I ain't got no money. Well, there's a good place to go when you're broke to work. Mama, listen. Mama, listen. We need you to look at us and say, I love you, but you got to own it. We need you to look at us and say, you are the apple of my eye, and you're going to get a job. <laughs> and when you get that job, when you put on that Wendy's hat, I'm going to clap for you just like I did on your first T-ball game. But it's time for you to own it. Y'all with me? (laughs) Can I give you one more? I see y'all wearing thin already. Y'all all all right? I hope you come back. I really do. I really, really do. And uh, these are just some of the things my mom taught me. I I constantly hear her voice. I I constantly hear. I call her to this day for, for that once you get caught up in the drama of life, you forget. Y'all have, had, y'all have had your moms do that. I'll call my mom and she'll say something like this. If they'll talk to you about them, they'll talk about you to them. Is that right? Say things like, it is what you make. It. Another thing that we need you to teach us, mom, is we need you to teach us to be Humble. That the world doesn't revolve around us, if I had time, I would get into it there was back in the sixties and seventies there were there was a new resurgence of of parenting philosophy that came on the scene, and it was the parenting philosophy that created child centered homes that everybody that when a new child entered, everybody just around the, around the around the baby okay everybody just got on board, just poured their life into it. There's parts of that I understand, parts of it I don't understand. But when we do that, when we teach them that they're the center of the universe. I I tell my wife all the time, I'm kind of worried about my son. And this is why. I walked in yesterday, and uh, he was getting his post-bath, pre-dinner, full-body massage. He was watching TV while his mom just massaged him and loved on him. I didn't get no pre-dinner massage of any kind. And I told my wife, I said, I'm kind of worried about our son. I'm worried about what's going to happen when he walks into kindergarten for the first day and he doesn't get a standing ovation. How's he going to handle that? And uh, we have to teach this generation. The universe does not revolve around you. You are not the center. You are not the center of everybody's thought and desire. Okay? Your feelings, your feelings are not number one on everybody's priority list. We need you, Mom, to teach us to see a world bigger than us. We need you to teach us that there is a world out there that we, have to, that we have to function in, not expect it to change to fit around our preferences and our dysfunctions. We need you to teach us that we don't need to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. It is a liberating thing when you learn I'm good at some things and I'm not good at other things. And my mom, my whole life, grew up telling me this, and this is going to sound brutal, but it helps. She said, There's always going to be somebody better than you at something. There's always going to be somebody better than you, better looking, although that is very hard to believe. <laughs> I'm teasing. They're going to be smarter, they're going to be wiser, they're going to be a better preacher, they're going to be, they're going to, there's always going to be somebody. Better than you. And when you know the world's bigger than you, you, a part of you relaxes. Because now I can just be me. And I don't have to climb and fight and claw to get above everybody else. Because I ain't ever going to get above everybody else. Humility means I don't have the need to be more than I am. And mom, we need you. We need you to look at us and tell us, you're fine, just like you are. There's always going to be people better than you. And there will be some people that you're better at certain things than they are. And don't ever get prideful. Because remember, there's somebody better than you. You hearing what I'm saying? Stand up on your feet. Let me read this to you real quick. But speak the things that become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperance, sound in faith, charity, patience. And have the mothers likewise teach the younger women to be sober, love their husbands, love their children, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Mom, if you're anything, you're a nurturer, you're a caregiver. Your son won't tell you this, but you were the first love of his life. Right, men? Right? You were the first love of his life. I remember at school, we didn't get in fights over dad jokes. But you spout off a mama joke? It's on. Moms, you're so special. Nobody can take your place. Even the best of fathers, even the best of fathers can't replace you. There is a touch and a grace that you have that nobody else has. You count. I can't fathom, I cannot fathom my life without my mother being front and center. And my mom had to do both. My mom had to be mom and dad. My mom was out in the front yard throwing the football with me, playing basketball with me. I dominated her every time, but she was out there playing basketball. She was the one that was always saying, you can do it. You can do it. Go get it. Own it. Handle it. And don't get too cocky either. Because there's always going to be somebody better than you. But go get it. Handle it. And don't point the finger at anybody. Don't blame anybody. Don't look at anybody else. Look yourself in the mirror and say, whatever good happens, it's because God helped me do it. Whatever bad happens, it's because I made a bad decision. Ain't nobody else ain't giving my power away to anybody else. I own this. I handle this. There's, there's a funny transition that happens in parenting where you have to transition away from teaching kids just obedience to teaching them responsibility. We're in that little transition right now with our oldest daughter. This is beyond telling her to clean a room. Now we're teaching you, own it. Handle it. Mom, you've always been a safe place where we can fall. That's what makes you so special. Dad, don't get it. Okay? Dad, I've really been feeling this way, huh? (laughs) What would every man say? Go talk to your mother. I I feel like I have an incredible relationship with my daughters but there's a touch that mom has that I'll never have my son really doesn't even know I'm around because of mom and mothers we love you today and I see some of these I see some women in here that you've got 30 and 40 and 50 years of life under your belt still in here looking good serving God having fought life and won huh been through hell and back some of you your stories would make our toes curl up on the ends and here you are you are amazing you are amazing and mothers, we honor you today. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. We need your voice. We need your voice. We need your grace. And we need your truth. We need you to love us just like you know how. And in in the ways that only you can. I was talking to a young couple the other day. They were having babies and they, they were having their first baby I said this is my this is my advice to all first time parents especially moms when you have that baby there will be a maternal instinct that turns on on the inside of you that you didn't even know you had and all you got to do is pay attention to it because moms you can love us in ways nobody else can we need you to love us and we need you to teach us we need you to teach us we're still listening we need you to teach us Even when we're 35, we still need you to teach us. Would you give our mothers one more big hand this morning?